From home repair to remodeling, this is Making Your Home Great. And Making Your Home Great is on at 1 o'clock every single Saturday afternoon on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF, which is coming as news to Brock Emmons, who's going to be here at 1.30. It's all right. It's our fault, my fault. I should have called him and reminded him. Uh, in studio, though, is Holly Bowers, Operations Manager at RoofWorks. Hi, Holly. Hey. How you doing? It's just me and you here today. It's all right. We can we can carry on a conversation. Brock will be in here uh, soon enough. We're going to talk about roofing. If you want to call and talk to Holly, we'd appreciate your phone call at 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. So we're shooting videos. We're going to your showroom, and I don't know whether anybody else in the area has got a showroom for roofing. I don't know either. I don't think I, I don't think so. I just learned you have a what would you call it a shingle library? We do. It's so cool. Do people take things out of the library, or is this sort of a? <laughs> I just go and take a look. No, yeah, it's got all the sample boards for a a bunch of different manufacturers and colors and styles. It's really, really cool. Something I really wanted, and we were able to incorporate that in the design when we did the renovation for the building. Why why do you want that in your your showroom? Why is it that you always wanted that? Because with shingles, especially how expensive they are now, there's so many different styles and designs. And I'm always looking at roofing from like an like a design perspective, mm-hmm. because I feel like roofing, there's so much more to roofing than just your basic shingle. Yeah. But you really need, people are visual, so you need to have a space where they can come in and realize that they do have a tremendous amount of options it's like I always say about the kitchen and bath galleries. People spend a lot of time doing research and going to those yeah. places to figure out doorknobs and all those things. And roofing should be incorporated the same exact way. And and it's more than just color, although colors are an option now too. Yeah, I mean, there's just so there's so many styles, so many, so much of everything that most people, if you're, someone's just coming to your home. You're only going to know what they're trying to sell you. And that's that's what makes us different. I've lived through that where somebody has gone to my home. They had one brochure. I'm assuming it because it was a glossy, you know, five-color thing. It was, in fact, one manufacturer. Right. Right. The, the, I should have many more options than that. Yeah, yeah it, you should. And, a lot, and it's, a lot of it is politics, too. I mean— Obviously, we there are certain manufacturers that we support because we believe that their product is better. Yeah. And but there's still a lot of differences between just your architectural line from each different manufacturer because someone has a shadow line, the other one might be a little more bold. The color spectrums are very different. So for me, looking at it, I'm looking at someone's house saying, okay, what style and what color and what product is going to look best with your home? Right. Just because we might not particularly sell. That one product all, this, all the time doesn't mean that it's not going to be better fit for your house. All right. So it should be looked at like that. We're talking mostly residential, but your latest commercial does mention, and we should mention it here. You do commercial and business, you know, businesses call upon you when there's a leak too. Yeah, they do. I mean, we, we want everyone to call us. The coolest thing about us is we can service any type of 
building, whether it's your home, multifamily, apartments, uh, flat roofs with, you know, commercial buildings, and we can do everything. So if it's just a small repair, maintenance, inspections, full replacements, coatings, and we do every style of roofing as well. And if somebody had a multifamily home or an HOA and they want to pick up the phone and say, you know, I don't know, the roofs are all 20 years old. Maybe we ought to have somebody inspecting them before we go pay for drywall repair. Yeah, that's right. And with with HOAs especially, you have covenants. So there's a lot of rules and regulations with that. And you just want to be sure that the company that you're working with understands all of those things because there's quite a few more layers that go into that. And when you say layers, there's quite a few questions that need to be answered. That's right. Because what you don't want is... 20 different roofers in that neighborhood doing different things to those roofs because you want the conformity. Right. And so that's that's why you have to understand how multifamily HOAs work because it's a very different creature than just your single family homeowners. And we, in my neighborhood, we actually lived through that whole, there was a, there was a hailstorm. Some people got roofs, some people did not get roofs. But through the whole period of time, the minute the first roof started to get repaired, people were knocking on the doors saying, hey, listen, uh, your neighbor's uh, got, got, a, got a repair process going on. The, the people who come knocking on your door saying, yeah, can we take a look at your roof? I know that RoofWorks isn't like that. No, and I, we actually just got a call from a really good friend that was, she was on the HOA for a big project that we did a couple years ago. Sold that unit, bought a single family home, and she was dealing with all of that insurance door knockers. And she called me and she's like, I, I need to talk to you because I know you're going to set it straight with me and tell me <laughs> the truth. So we went through the whole process. Um, she was told me she's she's upset because her insurance went up 20%. And yes. I said, it's probably because you have all this stuff going on in your neighborhood. And so yeah. now everyone's affected. And I said, you need to call your insurance company if you're concerned about it and to figure out, you know, what to do. And so they told her if she, if she even has them out, she's going to be flagged as high risk. And so now she's concerned what? her insurance is going to go up even more. And so... It's, that's really what we're up against. And I told her, I said, well, I, we, we'll certainly come out and get on the roof and take a look at it. But you have to be careful because there's so much fraud going on yeah. with all of the door knockers. And if you let them on your roof before you call your insurance, then they could be up there doing things that are malicious and creating damage. Well, the other thing is, I don't want anybody on my roof unless they're insured. Yeah. And and my homeowner's insurance, I, I don't know. I guess if somebody fell off my roof, that might cover, you know, a, a, a broken thumb. I'm not paying for your roofer who's injured himself because he crawled up on my roof and he's not qualified to. Yeah. That's, I mean, there's so many things to worry about. And that's why I said when it comes to insurance, it's just like health insurance. You have to be very careful. Don't let these people in your private space, your private confidential information. You need to deal with your insurance company directly and get the best advice from them first. Don't let anyone on your roof without having the insurance come out first because that way they can't create damage and you'll know if it's legitimate or it's not legitimate. Somebody would really create damage? I know that's a naive question, but they would go up, do what, hammer? 
all sorts of stuff. I mean, yeah. you'd be surprised what people do for money. And that's that's why it's so frustrating because it's just not, you know, what it used to be. We didn't have to worry about all of these things, but mm-hmm. people just get desperate, I guess. I don't really know. I don't yeah. know what their intentions are, but it's not right. And if homeowners get involved in that, they could be an unwitting accomplice, which means yeah. that they're just as guilty as the party that's creating all of that stuff. One of the things that it creates is that people sort of cross their hands like I'm doing right now, cross their hands in front of their chest and they say, yeah, well, they just want to, right? Yeah, a free they, roof. Yeah, yeah, they just want a free, all those people, you know, they, they, those guys at RoofWorks, yeah, they'll repair your roof, but they're, they're just in it because one day they might have to repair the whole roof. Yeah, and that's and nothing in life is free. Like I said, every, the greater good is paying for all of this, just like their their HOA or just like their homeowners insurance rates went up twenty percent. Well, yeah. guess what? We're all yeah. we're all paying for this at the end of the day. So when they say it's free, it's not. But <laughs> but when I co- go to RoofWorks and I say, all right. My roof is 20 years old or 15 years old. I, I'm not sure how stable it is and whether it's ever been damaged over the last few years. And I, I want you guys to take a look at my roof. The, the The cynical person says, well, yeah, they just want the whole big roof job. But the roof works notion is, hey, well, if you need repairs, we'll get the repairs done as soon as possible. Right. And you don't necessarily want to do everybody's roof top to finish. Well, no, because, I mean, if they have five years left and they don't have the money right now, then we're going to get them by for five more years until right. it's time for replacement. That's that's really what we're here for. We're just going to be honest with them and tell them the truth and not try to oversell them something that they don't need. All right. So how long should my roof last? Depending on what product. That's, yeah. that's the answer. It depends on what you actually have on the roof. I got a builder-grade roof that's just, I don't know. <laughs> the architectural three-tab. Yeah, architectural. Yeah, I mean, it may, 25 good years as long as everything was installed correctly. But a lot of it, like we talked about, depends on how much sun is beating on the roof as well. What kind of ventilation you have, because all those things come into play. So every situation is unique based on a lot of those just Mother Nature elements. We don't have a single tree in my neighborhood. Yeah, There's not see, a lick of shade at all. <laughs> and I don't know about the uh, the the ventilation, but, you know, you, why would you check that out? I mean, it, I'm assuming when you say ventilation, you're concerned about the the roof shingles just be baking right. on top of my roof. That's right. Like Brock and I always talk about if the roof, if your home is not vented properly, it's going to bake the shingles. So it's going to break down the asphalt. So they're not going to last as long. Well, what can I do then? Make sure you have the proper ventilation, especially if you're in a neighborhood with no trees, which seems to be every type of neighborhood that's being built. Oh, yeah. They chopped down, they chopped down every, every tree. Every single tree. They used to have trees in the neighborhood, I but know. then they put in houses. Yes. And they t- took every tree take every inch they can get yeah so yeah for the most part everyone's probably in similar situations so we call up roofworks we get on a schedule how often does a roof have to perfectly good roof no leaks have to be inspected i mean we always say if you get us to clean the gutters and keep the roof cleaned and maintained we're checking it every single year 
because okay. every, I mean, you don't know what kind of weather we have. And, you know, we get a lot of, like, today's windy. Yeah. And you just don't know those things can cause issues, too. That's the only way we would get anything in my gutters in my neighborhood. There's not a tree taller than 15 feet. Okay, so there's no leaves going up, right? There's no leaves up there. But there are some of these older neighborhoods. My goodness, there's needles. You know, I... I, I I shake my head when people pay good money for pine straw because in some neighborhoods it's free. I know. Well, there's especially, you know, down inside the belt line, there's all the great, beautiful oak trees. Yes. So that they're a lot, they're, those homes are a lot more vulnerable to branches falling, you know, debris on the roof. But in your neighborhood, no. It's like that would be like you asking me, should I pay for gutter guards? And I'm like, you don't have any trees. So why would you need gutter guards? <laughs> well, I don't know. Not I'm, necessary. That, I'm a suspenders and belt kind of guy. Yeah. I like to have gutter guards, whether I got leaves or not. Yeah, that that you're but just wasting your no money. No pine needles. I don't care. I want the gutter guards because <laughs> I want I want full protection. <laughs> All right. So we're talking with Holly Bowers from RoofWorks. My telephone number is 919-860-9783. Call right now. Get on the radio show. I'll feed you. 919-860-9783. From Making Your Home Great, FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. Making Your Home Great, FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. And our telephone number is 919-860-9783. A $25 gift certificate from High Park Bar and Grill could be yours should you provide us with a question. 919-860-9783. Holly Bowers from RoofWorks is here. We're talking about debris on the roof. Now, I've solved the I've solved this problem, but it's it's an Alexander solution. It's sort of a redneck solution. We got a texted question. What is it it called when there's metal between two large sections of the roof? And it's sort sort of forms a valley. Is it on the gutter itself? No, it's not on the gutter. It's it's between. Is it on the gutter? Oh, it's on the gutter. <laughs> on the gutter. What is it? It's it's called a splash guard. Okay. So when you have two pitches coming together in a transitional area, usually right. making up a valley, sure. what happens is you have water coming from both pitches right. into that location, and so it's it's a lot more water penetration. And so having the splash guard up, it just helps. For all that water flow, so it doesn't, you know, overflow the gutter. It helps stop it, basically, so it diverts it back into the gutter. Okay. Because if not, you'll have a bunch of, you know, you know how you see when it, it pours down rain? I do. And you got all this water pouring over the gutter? Yes. That just helps it to contain it, so you don't have as much of that. Okay. I th- When we're talking about debris on the roof, I think about these, these metal channels you know, you get the left side and the right side, and they come together in a little bit of an angle, and they sort of hold debris. I got the solution for it. Now, maybe you guys in the industry have already figured this out. You know those bucket trucks that are just basically an arm, right? <laughs> and it goes way up. You put a leaf blower on top of there, okay? <laughs> put a leaf blower on the little arm, and you just go over people's houses go. Well, think no? about the logistics of having to move that around the yard. Oh, no. Yeah, it's going to tear people's yards up. So you, you, probably, you probably don't want that. All right. So how do you guys do it? Well, I mean, yeah, we get up there and we'll 
just take our hands and get you all that manually, stuff out. You yeah. manually, you manually remove the debris. I mean, sometimes we'll use blowers, but hands hands are always good too. Okay. Well, that but if you sense. put meadow in your valleys, that helps with that debris because you got metal. So when it rains, it helps wash it down. You get less debris yeah, if you've had the metal. That's right. So if you like pine needles, stick to the asphalt. But if you have metal there, when you get those hard downpours, it yeah. really does help wash it down. Now I've heard that the metal is the failure point. Is the failure point where where you get leaks. Well, if it's done right, metal valleys are great. Yeah. And there are certain products that require metal valleys. Some some roof product. Yeah. Like if you do a Grand Manor shingle, you have to do metal valleys. Okay. So right. they won't warn it without that. All right. And you guys know, because of the experience, when you're dealing with certain manufacturer, what warranty they'll they'll put on it. And you know exactly what's going to go underneath it and whether there's a splash guard and et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah. I mean, those 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 bullet points are very important because it's a lot of those times if you have a, a problem when they come out and inspect it and you're not doing it per their standards, they're yeah. not going to warrant it. See, this, so those I, guidelines are critical it to never, follow. It never occurred to me, but there's enough money involved where the manufacturer is going to send somebody out. I'm just imagining. All right, we put a put a roof on. Twenty years later, um, there's something wrong with the roof, or I, you know, I I feel as if I'm uh, I'm going to have it um, a warranty situation. They're going to come out. The manufacturer's going to come out. And they're going to check my original installation from 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. They are. They do. They got roving bands of inspectors going <laughs> going town to town. I guess so, but I mean that's why that's why I said you got to read the fine print because that's important. That make sure whoever's selling you these warranties know right. know what they're doing because that. And this if not, product, they're not worth anything. In the middle of my roofing project, we got a phone call. It's just a you know a silly phone call. Dave, do we want drip edge? My wife is transferring you know the information from the roof <laughs> roof people. Do we want drip edge? Holly, do we want drip edge? You, you, Did I? Yes, you need drip edge. Unless you have the lip from the aluminum fascia, which you see a lot on vinyl siding, mm-hmm. you need drip edge. And drip edge is what? It's the metal piece that goes along the eaves and the rake lines. It basically, especially on the eaves, it protects the water from getting up underneath the starter shingles and right. going behind the fascia. And, the, and it helps divert water into the gutter. And the drip edge is around the entire roof. That's that's how we do it. We do the whole perimeter. Do some people unless they have a special type of like trim molding on yeah. their rakes cuz you see that sometimes where they'll have like a special molding that's custom especially inside the belt line where that would act as a drip edge, but unless they have that then typically most need it. Okay. Everybody needs gutters. Does everybody need those gutters examined? Every couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it's always anything you're doing to your home needs to be checked. What's the worst thing that could be going on with it? Well, I mean, depending on what gutter system you have, if you've got the old spike and ferrule system, those you oh, know, need the to old go away. Spike the, and ferrule? Yeah, what is the, that? It's, it's the old, the way they used to hang gutters. They and nailed so they, them to the wall. They did took a spike and just spiked it right through the fascia. But now you have a hidden hanger, so it's such a better installation process. But then you have seals that come loose, and you've got 
outlets that get clogged. So there's just a lot of things that can go into play. And water backs up from the gutter or can back up and cause damage to my house. Oh, yeah. If, if your gutter is clogged, all it's going to do is put the water behind the gutter, which is going to come down the walls in the fascia, subfascia, soffit, subsoffit. So if you see all those rotten areas, it's because of those gutter issues. We, we deal or, or not having drip edge. We deal on this show a lot with the fact that sometimes Dave Alexander wants to just pick up the phone once. Yeah? <laughs> Rather than calling two or three other people. If I call a roofer, I don't also want to have to pick up a phone and call a carpenter. If I call a carpenter, I don't want to have to call a a finished carpenter or a painter. If there really is damage to the fascia and soffit, that would be the area right at the edge of the the roof line. Right. I can just call you guys. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the good thing is we do all of that. The roof, the fascia, the soffit, the gutters, because it all goes together. So everything, just, like, just like we talked about last show is the chimney chase covers, skylights, sun tunnels, anything yeah. that you have up there that's a penetration and anything that has to do with the roofing envelope, we take care of all of that. So somebody's got a chimney. And the, the thing has blown away. Yeah. It's we, gone. We've seen that happen. You've seen that. Yes. It's in the neighbor's yard because, <laughs> you know, that's that's what happens to debris from my house. It's in the neighbor's yard. It's gone. It's a chimney. I'm calling roof works. That's right. And the very top of the chase cover, nobody can usually see. And a lot of times if you get up there, especially if it's old, it's rusted. Yeah. And there's, you know, sometimes there's pinholes in it. So there's a lot that can go on from that, too. And my daughter just bought a house, and we talked about this the last time you were here. She's got these tubes that come up from the roof. The turbines. The turbines, <laughs> the spinny things. It looks like 1965 is called. Oh, yeah. That's why I said that's how far technology has come. It's pretty and, incredible. And when she has problems with those, she's calling you guys. Yeah. I mean, obviously, when she gets the roof done, I... I just dissolve those and get rid of them. Just put them in a museum somewhere. Yeah. So if you have a stack coming out of your roof and it's got a twirly bird on the top, if it's got like a pinwheel and it spins around when the wind blows, let's call RoofWorks. <laughs> they, they can help you. Well, there's right. other stacks too, which right. is the HVAC stack. All right. We'll talk about that in just a moment. This is Making Your Home Great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF, making your home great. Saturdays at 1 on FM 98.5 WPTF. And uh, Holly Bowers from RoofWorks is our uh, uh, guest this hour, along with Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Period. How you doing, Brock? I made it. I'm glad you're here. So, so the show's at 1 o'clock. It's at is, 1 o'clock. Is that what? It's gotcha. all right. Um, I just... It, <laughs> Brock is on what we call making your home great daylight savings time. That's right. He set his clocks ahead. So, but that's all right. I'm, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here. It's a decent day outside. You guys are missing out. I know. I know we are. We're talking about roof repair. We're talking about roof replacement uh, with Holly Bowers from RoofWorks. We didn't talk about sun tunnels or the solar, uh, gosh, um, sun, sun skylights. skylights. Let me just tell you something. 
I thought of you. I was driving in the middle of rural North Carolina. I saw one of the old skylights. <laughs> you know, the old bubble ones? They still exist out oh, there somewhere. Oh, my gosh. Oh, there's an ugly looking thing. Ugly looking thing. How do we, they, they don't do them that way anymore, do they? No, I mean, it's really the best way to minimize energy use, too, is to put skylights and sun tunnels in because you don't, if you have them in, you don't need to turn lights on during the day. So I'm minimizing I know a lot of, my a lot of people are thinking about this net zero energy and all of these things going around, you know, talking about the ESG and stuff like that. But yeah. that skylights and sun tunnels in your buildings, um, commercial buildings, residential homes that that's one of the best ways to save money on energy costs is to invest in those and it's efficient oh yeah super efficient and they're beautiful too actually most warehouses you run into um that's how they bring in a lot of the natural light is they have skylights on the the metal roof up top right, keeps right. keeps the energy cost a lot lower you know trying to run the lights in a hundred thousand square foot warehouse so uh, it's very common. Works very well, mm -hmm. too. I mean, lets in tons of light as long as it's done properly. And I want the fancy type. I want all the bells and whistles. Do you? <laughs> and then I want the remote control for a window. The, so, basically. Yeah, the, the, the right? venting skylight. I want the venting skylight. Right. I want to be able to to change the louvers on the uh, on the blinds. That are embedded in the glass. Yeah, well, can that's, I get that? Yep, you can, and that's what's so cool about them now. Is they don't have to be wired. You know, a long time ago, you had to wire a skylight for blinds, but you don't right. have to do that anymore. Everything is ran off a solar panel, and so it's just the remote. The solar panel is charged with the sun, and if you have a venting skylight, it opens and closes with the remote along with the solar blinds. All right, how about this one? How about automatic? Can I get them so that they just on a certain time of day? They close up so I don't get the sun in my eyes. Yeah, you, you can set them. On a timer. Like that. You sure mm -hmm. can. And then the venting skylights, they even have it as far as if it starts raining and the the um, skylights are open, it, right. they'll automatically have the sensor and they'll close up so you don't get water in the house. How does it know? <laughs> I guess it's just the sensor on the panel. It's the same way that, I don't know if you've ever driven a BMW or Mercedes, yeah. Audi. No. Uh, there's a button on there where if it starts raining, you hit the button and the windshield wipers will adjust the speed depending on the severity of how many droplets of water are hitting the glass. Oh, now, that's over my head. I don't know how to design something like that, but it does exist. Science. Science. <laughs> right. That's amazing. All right. We're talking with Holly Bowers, operations manager at RoofWorks. And uh, our two, Tanya Wicker Hunt, Julie Wicker Crisco of Wicker Squared at Colwell Banker, Howard Perry, and Walston. Also in studio, Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. What haven't we talked about? We ran into a weird uh, roofing uh, issue this last week. As a yeah. matter of fact, one of our customers reached out and said there was an uh, an unaccessible attic space above their three-car garage they had renovated it turned it into an apartment yeah. wanted us to get up into the attic to insulate that space now there wasn't an entry point so i had to have one of my my guys go out there and cut in an access hatch yeah well when we got up into the attic as it turns out it used to be a flat asphalt roof huh. that they framed in an a-frame on top of it so when we cut the hole and climbed up into the attic, we were walking around on asphalt where the old flat roof used to be. That's crazy. And she said, this thing leaks so badly. We've had five or six leaks in the last 10 years. And yeah. I said, well, you yeah. put a roof on a roof. That's, that's going to that's gonna cause some issues down the road. 
I don't see a lot of those. I don't run into flat roofs that they just framed in a new attic above it. So no, that's, I haven't either. That's, that's out of left field. They framed an angle from yeah. the flat roof. An A-frame. So it was a it was a commercial flat roof. Odd, uh, my assumption is it was like a two-pitch because it was asphalt. Was it like a back porch or something? Uh, I believe so. Okay. Um, and then it was just very peculiar to see. And I told her, well, you're going to keep running into these leaks until until yeah. this is done properly. And unfortunately, we couldn't insulate the attic. You don't want us blowing in insulation on top of the old asphalt roof. Oh, well, I don't know why not, because I'll tell you what, <laughs> it's as bad as it's ever going to get right now. It was you pretty know. bad. It was pretty bad. Her I mean, is the roof that's up on top of it in decent shape? From what we could tell, it was in pretty decent shape. Uh, the majority of the areas that they were getting the leaks or where the uh, fasteners were. Um, yeah. And it's just, it was just done poorly. My assumption is somebody wanted to try to keep the cost down as low as possible. So instead of removing the old roof and framing in a new one, they just put it right on top. And, you know, we've discussed that on the show before, that that's just not a long-term solution that's eventually going to bite you. A roof on a roof. Is it ever done? <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, the thing, I mean, it's it's one of those you got to have a the proper GC doing that. Because you, anytime you're adding that pitch tying into an existing pitch, they better know what they're doing. Right. But if I had, if I had a roof, would RoofWorks put a roof on top of a roof? We don't do the framing part. Um, okay. No, so we wouldn't we wouldn't do the framing or anything. Yeah, like but that. do you? But we suggest- could certainly put the roof on. But no, we don't do overlays. We don't unless it's it's if it's a membrane that's different. Okay. But when, anytime we do shingles, we do not like putting shingles over shingles. It's because they know they're going to field a phone call from you in in six months. Yeah. You're going to call RoofWorks and say, "Hey, it's leaking." And they're yeah, going to yeah, say, yeah. well, we we told you not to put a roof on top of a roof. So yeah. at least they, they'll tell you up front, we're not willing to do that because this is going to cause you an issue down the road, which shows integrity. I looked at a house once that had a roof on top of a roof. And the only way I could tell, of course, I say the only way I could tell, it's the simplest way. I looked up. <laughs> I looked up and there on the edge and I couldn't, I can't remember now whether it was a metal roof on top of top of an asphalt roof, mm-hmm. I assume that's what I it think was. That's what you told us, yeah. because I could see the asphalt shingles up underneath, right? And the metal roof extended a little bit farther, right? That's wrong. That could have been like a do-it-yourselfer. I'm not sure, but yeah, I mean, you just don't want to do that. You want to get that existing roof torn off so you can see what the roof deck looks like and make sure you're replacing any rot yeah. that could be there. And plus, if when you do the overlay on steep slope, especially, it's very difficult to find a leak if you do have problems down the road. It's more expensive because when you have to go back and put two or three layers of shingles on for a repair, you might as well have just done it right the first time. We've talked about um, metal roofs. Is there a? Do I have several choices again in terms of? Um, the the thickness of the metal. You do, for the yeah. Roof. There's tons of. It's just like you know shingles. There's a lot of different types, gauges, styles, colors. There's a lot. I see the schools in the area. They're never putting a roof on. the 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 whole school, uh, whatever they're spending, I give them full credit. They're never going to put a roof on because those are heavy metal. Roofs. Yeah, well, and that's why they invested in that because it's a, it's a long term product. So it made it made a lot of sense for them to do that. 
and there's a type that I should buy as opposed to the type I should not buy. There's the fasteners that I can see and then the ones I can't. Yeah, well, and it, I mean, obviously, it's more expensive to do the, the hidden fasteners up front. But long term, you're not going to have as much maintenance that comes with that. So it just depends on do you want to spend less money up front and have to maintain that a lot more throughout the lifespan? Or do you just want to get the roof installed without all that maintenance and all the extra money that's going to come with that? I can pick any color I want. Yeah. Except for pink. Yeah, there's going to be some upgrades. I mean, if you have different colors, it might be a little bit more expensive. Then you have zinc, which is amazing. It's expensive, but it's an awesome product. It's really popular right now, too. Zinc. In most cases, I mean, obviously, if you have an HOA, the, the colors you're able to put on your house are limited to what the HOA will allow. So there might be a million different colors and brands out there, but right. for those of us that have an HOA, they might say, well, you can do one of these three shingles. These are the approved shingles for our neighborhood. Right. So right. before you pull the trigger and put a $20,000 roof on, verify with your HOA that right. will allow that color. Otherwise, that is a headache for months and months and months moving forward. I've already ticked those people off, so it doesn't matter. We all have. Yeah, we it, all doesn't, have. it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't worry about the HOA. They worry about me. They <laughs> <laughs> see, see Mr. Alexander with a bucket of paint. They're like, ah, oh, here he goes again. All right, here's the chicken guy. All right, so here's the telephone number, 919-860-9783. Come up with a question for Holly Bowers, and I will buy you some food from High Point Bar and Grill, Whitaker Mill Road in Raleigh. Call us up with your questions, 919-860-9783. Roofworks, W-O-O, no, sorry, R-O-O. I'm trying to spell Holly, spell me RoofWorks, the website and the company name. It's R O O F W E R K S dot com. So roof is just like a roof. Works is W E R K S. That's it. Very good. RoofWorks.com. Call us up with your question right now. 919-860-9783. Making your home great. FM 985 AM 680 WPTF telephone 919-860-9783. Holly Bowers, the operations manager of Roofworks, is here, along with Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. And the phone's ringing, which is a good thing. But let's talk about a question from your website. What might cause a leak in my bathroom? In your bathroom? I'm thinking that yeah, it's on the question, I didn't bother reading the answer. Because I figured I'd ask you, but why is that on your website? You guys don't do bathrooms, do you? No, it's because most likely you have a pipe up there. Yeah, the PVC pipe, which is the exhaust, um, or it's like a like the you know how you have the the bathroom fans. Yes, you, I do. Yeah, so it's probably one of those two things that's causing that leak. It is the most important part of my bathroom. <laughs> the, the bathroom fan. I, I yeah, can't you tell can. you why, but I'm just saying. <laughs> so so. I remember in my house, the vent from the bathroom fan upstairs went into this big, long black tube, and it didn't go straight, but it went to the soffit. Mm-hmm. Yep. You and see it, that, too. Is sometimes. that normal? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it just depends on the design. And it the it vents the liquid 
to the soffit. Well, the moisture, the the humidity. I mean, if you're in there taking a shower, and yeah. there's a lot of wet, moist air in there. You normally want it run to the soffit, the soffit vent, or through the roof itself. Like right. you'll see dryer vents too. I mean, I prefer to have a dryer vent on the side of the house yep. instead right. of on the roof because it just creates a lot more problems up there on the roof. But yes, it does. That's the same, you know, same thing. John in Willow Springs, thank you for the phone call. How you doing, John? Hey, how you doing today? Good. What's up? Yeah, I got a roofing question. Sure. I guess I called on the right day. You did. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, we have uh, our roof went up in the early '90s, so it's time to get a replacement roof, uh, and we need so we need to get some estimates out here. And I was curious about because uh, before we've had work done, and <clears throat> you get some guy that gives you a, a price, another guy comes up and gives you a price for three quarters of the price, and he's doing half the work. Mm-hmm. How? How detailed uh, should an estimate be, and what kind of questions should I be sure to ask? Yeah, I mean, if it needs to be very detailed because it's those hidden things that aren't talked about, which can create change orders, which we don't like. Um, and also, it needs to be thorough, so it really specifies the particular products that are being used. Um, so right. there's a lot that goes into it, but just make sure the most part is that whoever you're working with is educated so they can educate you before you sign any contracts. Right, right. But, uh, so insurance and stuff, do they, on, on the estimate, do you have like line items that if we need to do this, then it will cost this much, that sort of thing? Yeah. I mean, what, what we do is we go out and do the evaluation and we're going to price what we recommend as far as what you need. And we, we don't like adding all these extra options unless it's, you know, unless it's gutters or something else outside of the roof, we're going to give you the package that we, you know, think that you actually need as far as making sure that you have a full complete roof system. I say kind of be wary of those parts and pieces um, a la carte is what I call it because they shouldn't really be giving you the option for drip edge because, and you know, for us, you have to have drip edge, just like ventilation. That should be included because that's the correct way to do the system. Yeah, some of the stuff that I've seen that they have glossed over because they have not been very descriptive in yeah. their estimate is, you know, we'll put felt in a 30-year shingle. Well, what mm-hmm. kind of felt? Right. Who's the manufacturer of the felt? Is it a yeah. 15? Is it a 30 synthetic? I want to know what my underlayment's going to be. What kind of ridge caps are you using? They just put on their caps. Right. It's it's well. I'm gonna I'm gonna need a little bit more information about the materials you're putting up there. So itemized is very important. And I assume when John sees caps right on the thing, he already knows that it's the cheapest bloody possible piece of metal on the top of the roof. Well, and that's that's the reason why they keep it gray is because. That's what they're trying to do is minimize the cost as far as what products they're using. And so instead of them laying out word for word, so when that material gets delivered to your home, you can actually look at to make sure it matches up with the specs that was on your contract. That's what that's essentially what they're doing. Because there could also be some stuff that you'll find once you start doing it that you didn't know what's going to be there. That's right. And we have those clauses in our contract. Plywood is the one thing that we aren't going to be able to detect until we get that Mm -hmm. roof torn off. And the other one is siding. So when we do the flashing work, sometimes you'll have siding that gets, you know, it's already deteriorated or it gets a little bit damaged. But we have those clauses in ours just so that you can be aware of that. But anything else, we try we try not to do change orders because I don't like the fact that we sell you something and we come back and it's like, hey, 
well, this is going to be $4,000 more because we didn't do our due diligence to inspect your roof properly. And we're catching it on the back end because I don't think that's fair for any homeowner to have to come out of their pocket. And you weren't told that that could initially be an issue. But literally, yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah, we've we've got like, uh, I think it's like five or six gable vents. Do they have to be closed up or or is that a good thing to have in addition to the the ridge vent. Gable ventilation is fine. Uh, it's, it's not going to hurt you or or, uh, uh, or anything like that. It definitely makes an impact. And on days when there's a lot of wind outside, you get a negative pressure pull of the air out of the attic space. Um, now, obviously, with a lot of gable vents, you want to make sure that you have good wire mesh installed on the inside of those gable vents because that's where the brown bats love to 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 get into your attic and. All right. cause all kinds of damage but you're definitely not causing any issues by having the gable vents or closing them up um i think either one would be just fine so whichever one is cheaper i'd go with that option <laughs> and and the 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 rich vents i've seen them where they sometimes they go all the way to the end sometimes they they're like four inches six inches short or a foot short is there a standard for that? Yeah, so that's that's again cutting back cost for the contractor. They do it short just to save a little bit of money from having to buy a couple extra pieces of ridge vent. We run ours from end to end because that's the proper way to do it. You want to maximize your ventilation and you know, for us to save however much money when we should have added three more pieces, it's not the best practice for you. Yeah. It's, it's better for the it homeowner. Look as good either. That's I right. Want, I want everybody who's hearing this show to go outside, take a look at their house or the neighbor's house. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. Just go ahead, put your 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 hands above your your eyebrows and look at the neighbor's roof and see if the ridge vent goes all the way from end to end. And it or the 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 ridge vent should shouldn't it? It should, but I mean, you see it done a lot, and like I said, it's literally just cutting cost. And it, for us, it's just one of those things. Just add it because all you're you're just helping bring more ventilation into their home. It's right. not you're right. not doing anyone a justice by saving on three pieces of ridge vent. I've even seen roofing companies. You could have five gables on your roof. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're supposed to have a ridge vent on every gable. Right. I, I see roofing companies all the time that put a ridge vent on the main ridge and right. then don't buy they're putting it on any of the gables right so then you have customers are like well why are why is this room so much hotter it's like well there's no ventilation above it they were trying to cut costs now they sold their customer a ridge vent yeah but they didn't put that ridge vent in all the places it needed to go again Uh, now now let's let's admit the fact that there are there are houses like that right now can they be installed even though the roof is on there now. Oh yeah, certainly. I mean, we've we've seen jobs where we've gone out there and the ridge vent was actually put on, but they never cut the ridge. So <laughs> it was basically it didn't make any yep. sense to even There's no hole. Yeah. yeah, we we've definitely run into quite a few issues like that. We we see that during attic inspections. We'll look up to check and make sure there's a ridge vent and we'll yeah. we'll it's just, just there's no hole. <laughs> they, they, they mounted it to the roof. Yeah, it looks great from the outside, but no, serves no purpose. 
They paid that's, for the cat, but they didn't pay for the vent. That's, that's right. called a decoy. They paid for the cat. <laughs> it's a decoy, the and it's an industry standard. It's not a good industry standard, but but John, it's an industry standard. Listen, let's give you a twenty-five dollar gift certificate, the High Park Bar and Grill, for that great question. Uh, they are the place for lunch and dinner with daily food and drink specials, including fried chicken, prime rib, and the $6 burger on Fridays with indoor and outdoor seating available, 625 East Whitaker Mill Road in Raleigh. Thank you, John. Hey, John, you if, so you're, if you're questioning that, give us a call. Let us send one of our estimators out because just so that you can get a second or third look on it, because I think it'll help bring a lot of clarity to you as far as what to do. Or you were one of the companies you were going to call, so we'll be calling you soon. Okay, that's great. Very Thank good. You. Okay. See, now, if RoofWorks takes off my existing roof and they say, Mr. Alexander, you've got a problem on this roof, I'm trusting you because you don't, you know, you're not going to make a million dollars on my one or two pieces of extra wood that you're putting up there. Right. Okay, you're not retiring on my job. <laughs> but you're you're willing to be honest for everybody's job. That's right. And I mean, and you're going to have people that, you know, obviously if we hire someone, they're not going to have as much knowledge and experience. Right. But the fact that we have a whole team that has tremendous knowledge and experience, if they do do something wrong, you've got all, all of our team behind them. And that's what it's about. That is what it's about. You know, every company makes mistakes. There's always the potential to have an accident or mm -hmm. a missed item mm -hmm. or, or something that falls through the cracks. The, the, the real companies separate themselves from the pack when they step up to the plate, realize that there was an issue that they should have solved, and then get it corrected at no cost to the customer. That's about as good as you can ask for when it comes to a company. And that's, and, that's what RoofWorks is. And you can see a bunch of pictures on their website of residential and commercial jobs. Tell me a story, a quick story about uh, something you guys have done lately. Oh, geez, we've done so many. You've done so many things. You cleaned out gutters for some fellow over in Creedmoor. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you, I'm not as involved in that operation side yeah. because I'm curious taking over all of that, but... We I don't know. We just do so many beautiful projects. I'm kind of involved in the bigger stuff, the big multifamily replacements. Fancy. Yeah, but, well, the, but I care that, a lot then. about that because it takes these HOAs a long time to come up with these funds to circulate through their replacement cycle. And so I'm very passionate about that side of the industry because I've seen them get ripped off or get poor roof jobs when they're spending tremendous amounts of money. And so for me... To work side by side yeah. with the property managers and the HOAs to help educate them so that when they do make this investment to get all these roofs replaced, that these are built to last a long run. Because what they don't want is to have to do repairs after the fact or have to replace roofs 10 years in, which we've had to do that for neighborhoods because they weren't done. What happens is if they get in that situation, their budgets are upside down forever. They'll never get it right, right unless they do special assessments. And then they have to ask each individual homeowner to come out of pocket. And then everybody's angry. And that's not fair. All right, Holly, thank you. We should contact Holly Bowers from RoofWorks by calling what number? 919-852-2660. Uh, and even though I made a silly mistake with the website before, here's what it is. Roof, R-O-O-F, W-E-R-K-S dot com, roofworks.com.
Thank you. Thank you. All right, coming up next, Tanya Wicker-Hunt and Julie Wicker-Cresco of Wicker Squared at Colwell Banker, Howard Perry in Walston, making your home great. From home repair to remodeling, this is making your home great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Fella at the beginning of the show mentions you should always contact people who have a license. Right, for expert advice. In studio here, Tanya Wicker-Hunt of Wicker Squared at Colwell Banker, Howard Perry in Walston. You had to work to get your real estate license, didn't you? Absolutely, Dave. Good yeah. to see you today. Hey, good to see you too. It, but it's one of these things where we've talked, Brock and I, and some of the contractors about the idea that, you know, some some fields you don't ha- the you can just walk in and become a flooring consultant mm-hmm. i can become a you know flooring consultant or a paint guy in in a split second for real estate you had to go through how much there's, study there's 90 hours pre-licensing yeah and then you have a 90 hour post-licensing that you have to do within a certain time period and then every year we have eight hours of continuing education that we have to do what are you learning when those continuing education well classes? you're learning um, you have a, a an elective that mm-hmm. may be something about the market, talking about the market, and yeah. then your um, then you have your gen up that you have to. Um, it's something about the rules and regulations. If there's anything that has changed in the past year or two, yeah. You guys have a, a, probably the more detailed work of anybody who's on making your home great. When I say detailed, it's not in terms of, you know, hammer and nails and making sure that you're, you're, you're 45 degrees, uh, you know, you're, you're routing correctly. You have, you guys are like lawyers. Yeah, uh. the contracts you guys have to read through would just yeah. drive me up a wall. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of people think, oh, you know, I'd like to be a, a real estate agent. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll have clients, and a few of my past clients have gone and gotten their license, and um, some have done okay. Some yeah. have realized this is a lot more work than I thought it was and have decided it's not for me. Right. Um, some people, it's very detailed, the information you have to learn and in, in pre-licensing. Um, and a lot of times people don't pass the exam on the first try or the second try or the third try. Um so there's a lot of stuff that goes into being an agent a lot and that pre-licensing mm-hmm. you know there's so much information that you really have to have hands-on experience right and you learn it's one of those jobs that you learn as you go i mean sometimes i feel like i'm a therapist you're an accountant you're <laughs> you are, an attorney yes. but we can't give out that legal advice or you know we always say i always say i'm not an appraiser but you know cuz we're running comps yeah to give the buyer an idea of when they're putting an offer in to give the seller when you're listing the home where we can list that home yeah. and i can come pretty close but i always preface it by saying i'm not an appraiser you right. know but based on the comps that have sold you know, doing the adjustments with different things about your house that you can make adjustments on. This is a fair number. And I get, always give a range. Sometimes clients, when they're putting in an offer, or they're listing their house, they're like, Tanya, what would you, yeah. what would you offer? What would you list it for? I'm never going to give someone that exact number because I don't want it 
come back to me if they were too high or too low? You know, we've had phone calls on the radio here, and I can sort of read between the lines. I know what they want to ask. They want to ask you specifically, what's my house going to go for? Mm-hmm. Right. right. What's my house worth? And the truth is, the only there's only one way to find out what your house is worth, and that's to sell it. That's right. And the market, the market is really, they're the drawing force behind what will your house sell for? Mm-hmm. I mean, we need to put a number out there. Yeah. That's going to be competitive. That's going to allow it to appraise. But really, it's the market that drives the cost. And we saw that those past two years. I mean, the prices that things went for was ridiculous, you know. And now we're still playing um, catch up with some sellers that think they can still throw it out there at that high number. You know, I don't know if that will ever come back. What we are seeing right now in the market, and I've seen it the past month or so, is it's heating up quite a bit. I it mean, is. we're seeing things go under contract quickly. We're seeing things have multiple offers. Granted, there's still some homes out there that are sitting, Yeah, you know, not outrageously, but as you go through, you know, I have a lot of buyers I put on searches. I'm looking every day for certain homes. Um, and if you're not quick enough, it will go because homes that are in, that are staged correctly. Yeah. And I don't mean staged by let's bring in a lot of furniture that mm-hmm. isn't yours and you have to pay for it. Is I mean, clean up that house, prep it, get it ready, price it correctly. Yeah, those things, good location, good lot, um, every all the factors combined make it a great property. That's going to go quickly. The ones that are sitting for a while, then we have to kind of, you know, peel back the layers and say why has this been sitting? First, I look at the history. Did the sellers price it too high? Because yeah. they still want to throw a number out there. Sometimes you see that. Is it the lot? Is it the condition of the house? Um, there's a lot of things that go into the reason behind why a house doesn't sit. Doesn't mean you shouldn't buy it, but you need to take a a deeper look and to make sure when you're ready to sell it that it's not going to sit a long time. That it's a good investment for you. There are still people who are who are figuring what they're looking at the comps, what's sold in the neighborhood. Yep. And then they're adding forty percent <laughs> and then they're adding ten percent for stupid. Yeah, and a lot of the times they don't even rem- they don't know what the inside of those houses looked like to begin yep. with. The inside of that house you're trying to use a comp on had porcelain floors or gold toilets you know you don't you don't know what was inside that house that Mm. brought the value up they converted a closet into a a a wine cellar okay there (laughs) there could have been features that that guy had that you don't have right well there's the other one this is a, a story i cannot tell in complete detail but it has to do with two years ago you know people are just putting down on offers based on the zip code yeah. and the square footage. And then they buy the house and they realize, wait a minute, they had dogs. When I say they had dogs, I don't mean they had dogs that were well-behaved dogs. They had a pack of Rottweilers. They did. They had a bunch of dogs that ran the place. And destroyed the home. Destroyed the home. Now, right. they had to gut the house yep. 
take out all the drywall, that affected what they should have paid. Right. But that's not going to show up in the comps. Exactly, because no one knows what the inside of that house looks like. That's right. And and let's get back to comps and yeah. appraisers. You know, you may price it, you know, X amount. Yeah. And you could send three appraisers out there and every one of them will come up with a different number. 100%. And the appraisal is only good as the day it's done and by the appraiser it's done for. Mm-hmm. Right. So you when you get a loan, the bank is going to order an appraisal. If you're paying cash, you don't have to do an appraisal. And sometimes people go, well, should I still get an appraisal if I am paying cash? Well, you can, but you don't really need to because even if you did yeah. and you liked what the value was, yeah. you're paying cash. So it, it doesn't matter. And tomorrow it's going to be a different number, right? In a month, it's going to be a different number. In a six months, it's going to be a different number. So it doesn't matter. But what what the appraisal is for is for those that are getting a loan for that yeah. bank to come in and say, okay, you know, we'll we'll loan you the money for that because we we are comfortable that it is valued at this number. Yeah. Right. Like I had some um, I had some clients that are past clients, and I'm going to be listing their home um, later in March. I can't give an exact address because um, I don't. I'm not ready to put it on the multiple listing service yet, but yeah. it, it was built in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, we closed on it. It's a nice, modern, updated home off of Western Avenue, and they're moving out of the area to yeah. the mountains. And um, the market in the mountains is a little different. So while I'm licensed in the state of North Carolina, I like to stay within the area that I live in, in the triangle. So yeah. I can give the best advice and um, I know the area and, and do the best for my clients. So I referred them out to an agent there that's more familiar with that market in the mountains. But of course they, you know, asked me advice on the inspection and the comps and um, the different houses every time they would miss out on a few offers, but they just finally found a house, went under contract. And um, like I said, we're going to list their home when they close on that home closer to the end of March. Yeah. And um it came back and the appraisal was fifty five thousand off, you know. They were able to work with the sellers and bring it down and they both came to an agreement in the number. But you know, that market there, I don't know what the market's like. The, the appraisal was fifty thousand off of what it should have been. Now you got to tell us. Correct. Is that the appraisal was too high? The appraisal was lower, lower. than the price they went in on. The yeah. house had just come on the market. Now I don't have access to the multiple listing service there in the mountains, but yeah. I went on the major websites and just kind of had an idea and pulled up a few things. So sometimes you have an appraise, like I said, different appraisers will can appraise something you know, at three different values, yeah. Um, depending on what he uses comps, what he valued adjustments in the home. So they liked the home. They were able to come to an agreement with the sellers, with the numbers. Both of them came to a certain agreement wow. with the price. But that lender is only going to, they'll still loan you the money, but the lender is only going to loan you the money up to the appraised value. So if it doesn't appraise, yeah. then it's the buyer's responsibility to come up with the difference from appraised value to the contract price. 
So it's better if the appraiser is your family member. They can yeah. just come in and say it's two hundred thousand over what it's really worth. <laughs> no. That just doesn't that just no. doesn't work out very well. <laughs> no. Well, I will tell you, I had a um, a friend who was trying to. He wasn't leaving, selling the house, but he was refinancing to change. Um, there was uh-huh. a situation, um, a personal situation, so he had to buy um, his partner out. Yeah. And so you know, I had run comps for him to give him help to get out of that house and um, to be able to pay that person the amount so he could stay in the house. And the first appraiser that came, he said, hey, I'm not listening it. So can you can you make that appraisal low so I don't have to pay as much? <laughs> Guess what? That appraiser left and said, you're going to have to hire somebody else. Yeah. Because they are not, you know, they have to stay accountable. And if yes, somebody is slipping them money to say, price it higher, price it low, then they could lose their license. That's right. So Even- I say that because that's a funny remark, like, hey, make sure it's a friend or a family. So these are non-partial, you know, yes. people that are appraising the home. You can't choose your appraiser. The, nope. the lender has a company and they can't choose a specific person. But they have a company. So when they put the order in, when someone goes under contract, then they reach out to that appraisal company and they have however many appraiser appraisers that sure. work for them in a certain area. And then they send the order out to someone who picks it up. And a lot of them have different opinions. I mean, when my wife and I, we, we did not refinance. We were thinking about refinancing, right. but then we remembered our mortgage is at like 2.7%. Yeah. So we didn't yeah. want to mess with that. But when we were looking to do that, we had a, an appraiser come out to our property. Yeah, I have a detached three-car garage with a renovated apartment above it. Mm. And when he came out, the appraisal they gave us was for grossly less than the property is worth. And that mm-hmm. inspector said, well, I didn't really give you credit for the living space over the garage because I didn't see this. Well, we reached out, brought out another appraiser. He disagreed, and that, that yeah. was added to the value of the home. So yeah. mistakes are made, and they're all different. They're all people. Right. Um, but, yeah, yeah, unfortunately, things like that happen a lot. Exactly. So, I mean— just like Brock said, I mean, an appraiser is only out there for a certain amount of time. He's pulling up his information online. So as a listing agent, and sometimes as a buyer's agent, I will do it as well if I feel like, oh, I'm not sure if this thing is going to appraise, whether I'm on the listing side or the buyer's side. I will I will pull comps. I will pull information. If I mm-hmm. know there were upgrades or things done to the house that aren't obvious, I'm going to leave a list of that for that appraiser to come out. Now, as a buyer's agent... I can't leave it for the appraiser, so I give it to the listing agent. We work together, Mm -hmm. you know, and you want to make sure who you're working with is also someone who's knows that it's a team effort. Like Mm -hmm. the listing agent, the buyer's agent, we should not feel like we're on opposite teams. We're on the same team working for our clients for the Mm -hmm. same common goal of helping them find a house or helping them sell a house. Tanya Wicker Hunt with Wicker Squared at Colwell Banker. Howard Perry and Walston will talk about this. Um, the headline I saw that in part says housing remains in short supply. I don't know. I I want to I want to hear your interpretation of that. Whether that's whether that's accurate or not, and what's the interpretation of that. Um, here on making your home great. You got a question on real estate? Tanya Wicker Hunt is here. 
Uh, caller um, number one here at 919-860-9783. I got a uh, $25 gift certificate to High Park Bar and Grill on WPTF. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Tanya Wicker Hunt of Wicker Squared at Colwell Banker Howard Perry in Walston. Also Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. And Tanya, the question, is housing remaining in short supply? It is. I mean, we still have under two months supply here in the Triangle area. What does that mean? That means that if everything, you know, nobody put more houses on, we'd run out in two months? Something like that. Something I mean, like that. There's there's always going to be, you know, some houses being put on the market, homes being sold. I mean, yeah. it's a constant cycle. But to have a, a balanced market, you have about six months supply. Okay. That's when it's not really a seller's market. It's not really a buyer's market. It's right. a balanced market. If it's under that six-month supply, it's a seller's market. That means while buyers are able to ask for you know, can you can you help me here in this um, appraisal difference? Can you do some repairs? Yes. You know, because buyers are asking for repairs. And, you know, I've got th- three listings that we just are working out repairs for this month to get closed. Um, and the buyers are asking for repairs. I mean, I had to go back to one buyer's agent and say, let your agent, let your buyer know this is not a brand new home. Yeah. We're willing to do this after the second round. Sellers aren't going to do anything else. So um, there's literally people lining up the door to buy these houses, and right. these buyers are coming in like, "Well, I'll buy it, but you, you need to replace the roof, or you need to re, uh, you know renovate the kitchen." And yeah, these sellers are like, "I'm going to have to tell you hard pass. I've got six other people standing behind you that want to buy the house." So the buyers don't have as much pull as they used to. Correct. Now they do have more pull than they did when. It was just crazy, and it's like, right. let me give you my firstborn. I mean, that was just ridiculous, <laughs> that time frame. Yes. Um, and it just it just wasn't good for the buyers and really for the sellers. I mean, while they were living on Easy Street, I mean, still, I, I always take the, the road of do what is right. You know, you should always do what is right. Yeah. If, if there's something, if there's mechanical... Um, electrical, plumbing, mold, Yeah, which right. we can talk about all that. Right. I mean, do what's right. I mean, put put yourself in their shoes. How would you feel if you bought a house? Let's take it down to the basic things of clean that home when you move out, right? Yeah. Someone shouldn't yeah. have to tell you, make sure that home is sparkling when you move out. Not necessarily by a professional. If you're a good cleaner, yeah. you clean it yourself. But if you're not, then hire somebody to I, clean I it. I want to pick up on that, but we're going to pick up uh, uh, literally with Bob in Raleigh. Hello, Bob. Hey, Dave. Hey. I got you a get... couple of what? Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I have a couple of questions for Tanya there. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, both about selling my home. Okay. One is you and the other twin talk about uh, staging, you know, getting everything super clean and sparkly looking and declutter and all that sort of thing. I can't do that. Mm. 
I believe I'm 75. I mean, I used to be a do-it-yourselfer. Yes. But I can't more. Right. I'm 75, and I believe it or not, I have more health issues than Dave does. Oh, my. Right. No. My no. Uh, my condolences, yeah. Really? So, I mean, Go ahead. I've got, uh, like, wallpaper where the seams are starting to show, uh, some rippling and uh, wall-to-wall carpet. I, I think what... We, we've established over a long period of time, Bob, is that you have a dated home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there's a cornerstone outside with the number on it. And no, I'm, <laughs> I mean, literally, you, you may have needed, you skipped a few eras in terms of renovation. This is not a bad thing. You love your home. Well, see, I haven't. I've been under the quarantine for three years now. Yes, well, I understand. I anybody in my house? Understand. Like, like a contractor, but more importantly, I'm thinking, why not just let the buyers pick out new wallpaper, carpeting, yes. blinds, what have you, and I give them a hefty cash allowance. Right. Okay. Yes. Is that is that a you know, reasonably normal thing to do. Yeah, there's a lot of different scenarios of how you can sell your home. Um, It sounds like you would be coming from the vantage point of, I'm going to sell my home as is. I've lived here for, how long have you lived in the home? Hang hang on, I'm going to get, we've got the news fella going to take the news broadcast in about 10, 15 seconds. So we'll pick up with Bob in just a little bit. Uh, Our telephone number is 919-860-9783. Talking with Tanya Wicker-Hunt of Wicker Squared at Colwell Banker, Howard Perry, and Walston on Making Your Home Great, FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. Making Your Home Great, FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. This is Making Your Home Great, FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. Tanya Wicker Hunt of Wicker Squared at Colwell Banker, Howard Perry in Walston, Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier, and Bob in Raleigh. All right, so Bob's got, yep. and I'm going to, Bob, I'm going to short circuit you a little bit. I've already explained that your house may be a little dated, but right. it's probably got good bones. You know, it was built back when they built things. Yeah? 86. <laughs> They don't, build, they don't build them anymore. They don't build things back, anymore. Back when they built things. Back in 86. All That's right. the year I graduated from high school. Well, is it? Bob, wow. congratulations. You and I are now old now. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, Bob. So let me ask you. So you have a ranch home or a two-story home? Three-story. Three-story. Okay. Yeah. It has a basement? No. Crawl space. Oh. Three-story. Three full stories. Well, it, it, the third is an attic, but I finished it. Okay. It was, okay. It's got HVAC and everything. Okay. Two-story with um, finished attic. All right, Bob. Now, are you willing to share your zip code? 27607. 27607. Okay. I can give you okay. the address, and you can look. No. Well, I don't, I don't, need, I don't need your exact address. No, no. Um, Bob, what's your social? But, let's let's but, get that out but, there, too. But, Bob, <laughs> I would like, um, you can give it to the guy who you yeah. called into, and I would love to talk with you more. But let's yeah. kind of, so are you at the point now where you want to sell, or you're just kind of exploring options and information, gathering info? We're at the point now, and as we have been for couple of three years probably yeah. of wanting to move downsize and get rid of 
walking up and down stairs. Yeah, absolutely. So could you buy a new home? You probably have a ton of equity in your home. Um, It's paid for. It's paid for. So could you buy a new home without selling that current home? Could, yeah. Okay. Theoretically, yeah. Okay, because you could take out the equity um, if you don't have a loan on it, what I've had people do. And and what I'm doing is I'm working up a scenario because it sounds like it may be a better situation in the home since you've lived there for 30 plus years. Um, and it's dated. You probably have a, have gathered a lot of personal um stuff and it may be one of those situations that if people are able to like julie is listening at home um either she just listed it or it's coming um next week and kind of the same situation people have lived there forever so what we like to do in those situations is if possible if you could move out before we make it live or active and then what we do is we are full service agents um we will take care of prepping it and getting it ready to list. Whereas you wouldn't have to do it. You're older. You said you don't, um, you don't like to, you don't have the energy or you're not able to move stuff, declutter. And what we would do is we have a, a list of vendors and contractors we work with um, and we would call them. We would meet them out there, come out, get estimates from them, go over them with you of things to do to get it ready to show. Now, if you're wanting to sell it as is, we would still want to clear it out if you've moved out. Um, Or if you still live there, then we would want to declutter as much as possible. And I have people that can help you with that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as if you don't want to paint, um, because people will come in that your home is probably going to be someone coming in and wanting to do a, a full renovation right. or a lot of updating. So it wouldn't make sense for you to do a little bit and spend that money when someone's probably going to redo it. Yep. But we would price it according to where it is. Um, I would still say you would want to make it sparkle on the outside by pressure washing, clean up the yard. Um, I have a great landscaper who I have um, that help a lot of my sellers um, so there are still things to do, but I would love to talk with you and it, and your wife, correct? Yeah, right. Right. Would love Julie and I would love to come and um, and meet you guys, see your home, um, talk with you about different scenarios. You know, moving out before you listed is one. If you're still there, um, things we can do with you still living there um, and listing it. That's a another possibility. But there's a lot that we can talk to you and help you um, go through this process. And that's what we do. This is what we do every day. And we want to make it as smooth and seamless as possible for our clients, whether they're on the buy side or the list side, Mm -hmm. because it is difficult when it's not something that you're used to doing. That's why you need to let a professional help you go through the process. So it doesn't stress you out and you can get as much money as possible to keep well, in your pocket. Say, I'm not I'm not overly concerned about the selling price. Right. This, this place has appreciated dramatically since I bought it 30 years ago. Oh, I'm sure. From the original owner. Right. And it's like quadruple what right. we paid. And, I, you know, I got a big margin in there that I can live with. 
I'm, I'm not, I don't need to maximize the price is what I'm saying. Correct. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know, Bob. I would say maximize. Well, you're going to maximize. You're, you're going to maximize it according to the condition of your home. Um, and that's why people, you know, you're going to have, there's two different price ranges. You've got a price range for someone that's selling it as is, yeah. that's dated, that's lived in a home, they haven't done updates. Is it a location that um, is a home, you know, it's probably in still great shape that it needs a renovation. There are some homes out there that they've been abandoned, you know, and they're so bad. Then a it's going to be sold for a lot, you know, and a builder is going to build a new home on. It doesn't sound like that's the case with your house. You just need like, it just needs a, a refresh. It's it's a great house, lots of great bones and the time frame it was built, but it needs some updating. And then you've got homes that have already gone through that process. They're going to sell for another value. So you've got different categories. And it's not when someone calls in and says, oh, let me give you my address. What will my house sell for? Yeah. I mean, there are so many factors that go into pricing a home. And that's why we ha- we have to come out, look at your home, and then we look at all the other variables, and then we price it according to what has sold in the area based on the condition of your home. All right, Bob, I'm going to let you go, but I'm going to get you a uh, $25 gift certificate to High Park Bar and Grill. Hang on, the fellow's going to get your address, and we'll get that information to Tanya and Julie. And Jim in Raleigh, welcome to the show. How you doing, Jim? Hello, Jim. All right, I'm going to push the button one more time. Hey, Jim, how you doing? No, Jim. No, that's right. I'll put him on hold, put him back on. Hello, Jim, welcome to the show. You're on Making Your Home Great. All right, while we wait for Jim to get uh, on the show, uh, we should just say that uh, the uh, Bob's got that $25 gift certificate from High Park Bar and Grill, the place for lunch and dinner with daily food and drink specials, including fried chicken, the prime rib, and the $6 burger on Fridays. Indoor and outdoor seating available. Jim, welcome to the program. Welcome to the show. Hey. All right. I'm going to ask my question. Bob's in a situation where I think he's, I think he needs to spend hundreds of dollars to make thousands back. Am I wrong on that? Well, he's probably in a situation, like I said, there, if it hasn't been updated, and we tell people, not even Bob's situation necessarily, but if if you've lived in a home, yeah. and then you're like, oh, I'm going to sell it, so right. why don't I redo the kitchen and redo the bathrooms? Right. There are some things that are good to do, and they need to be neutral, and they need to be in the trends of what's going on now to appeal to the masses, not yeah. to the to a few people. And if you don't do that, you're just throwing your money away because someone's going to come in and look at it and they're still going to, when they're considering putting that offer in, they're going to say, okay, I got to redo this and I yeah. got to redo this and yeah. I got to redo this. Now, do, is it helpful if you can um, do the basics, paint it neutral? If it's right. a home that animals have you know, destroyed. They've, right, right. they've urinated on the carpet. There's stains with kids or animals or, or whatever. Or if you happen to be a it's smoker. Ju- it's a smoker. It's just, paint. it's just offensive, right? right. And so it's a, sometimes hard for the 
typical buyer to get past all that, right? They got to feel like, oh, I could live here. Like I could come in and, you know, unpack my things. It's comfortable. Yeah. And then I can do the cosmetic things as we have money. Right. And time. Right. So that's why it is good a lot of times. That's why I say if you can vacate the home and we can put, you know, fresh carpet, fresh paint, the basics that somebody could come in and say, I can take this for what it is now. Yeah. yeah. Because otherwise you've you've lost that group that can't think past those small borders. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to work with those who say, yeah, I want a project. And, yeah. and I yeah. want to buy something that I'm not going to be able to move into for six months, eight months, whatever. Yeah. But I want to make it exactly how I want to make it. And this is a perfect location. And if he's got wallpaper up. I mean, that, That's an okay, issue. so I'll tell you this. So I listed a home last um, December. Yeah. Family, friends for forever. Wonderful couple. They haven't lived in it forever. Um, well, they had been back and forth, but had been at the beach. Yeah. It had wallpaper. It yeah. was dated. Yeah. And um, they had put new carpet downstairs. And he told me, he said, I'm not doing anything. And I said, well, okay. But then I come in there. I said, let me get some estimates, right? Sure. Let's freshen this paint. Some of the paint had been done, but it was that gold yellow. They had wallpaper in the kitchen and then wallpaper in the half bath that was very dark. Wow. I mean, it was old white cabinets, but it was a great home. Um, It's with with a little lake behind it, perfect location in Cary. He did agree finally to, okay, we can paint certain rooms. Yeah. And then um, take the wallpaper down. Let me tell you, it made a huge difference. Yeah. So then the pictures, one, it looks so much better in pictures. And yeah. and what is the whole thing? You've got to look good online because 98% of the buyers are looking online. That's right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you've got to have your first impression with the pictures. And I'm huge on that. I get professional pictures, great lighting. It doesn't necessarily, we don't have to bring furniture in it was vacant i had him move everything out because yeah. basically there were only a couple things left i said get the rest of it out yeah clean it pressure wash it and i had open houses i had tons of people coming through because they could see the vision it's almost like a blank slate that you can come in it's very neutral that you can come in and say okay this is a great house love the view yeah it's dated i need to redo the kitchen the baths but you know what i could live here for a while yeah and then do that But because you give them those basics, people can work with that. If not, what we would have gotten, I know we would have gotten over and over because wallpaper, people go, oh my God, wallpaper. Do you know how hard it is to get wallpaper down? It is if you do it yourself, but you hire a painter, he can get it down. He's going to charge you for it. You pick up the phone. But you take care of the things that could be huge negatives and reasons why people say no for a little bit of money that's going to save you and it's going to make you money because okay. otherwise people are going to want to drop that price tremendously. All right. Jim in Raleigh, welcome to the program. How you doing, Jim? Fine. Can you hear me? I hear you beautifully Hi, now. Jim. Yeah. What's going on? Nope, you faded away. Jim, we can hear you. Go ahead and talk to us. Okay. Going to, but I'm speaking about appraisals. Yes. Uh, that interests me because this is the same effect that the uh, Wake County tax people 
used. They don't go in the houses. No, they, they don't. They use comps, but the comps are old, and I don't believe they use what kind of comps. Uh, I wish if I'd sell my house today for what they appraised it for, somebody would come and buy it. Well, well, it's it's it, this is the thing. There's the tax value, which which is not relevant at all no. on on what the market value is. Right. So well, where do they get their values from to tax us? Well, so you have to realize they do those um, appraisals every eight years. I mean, there's talk about it changing to every four years, but they're not coming into the house. Um, maybe drive-bys, mm-hmm. but maybe not. Um, they may do drive-bys where they see the location outside, but you got to think they are doing valuations every eight years for everything in Wake County or right. yeah. Johnson County or Durham County, wherever you live. So I don't know what they use to come up with those values. I mean, they may they may go back and look at what things have um, sold in the last year or six months. I'm not sure what their criteria is. While we can look at that, that is never um, that never is a relevance of what it's going to sell for because everything now has gone up tremendously um, since the last. I think it was 2016 was the last time they did the values. We're talking about the Wake County tax record. Yes, that's what he's talking about. Yes, uh, I think it was 20. It was early 2016. Yeah, and and Jim does not want his house to be worth. What his tax value is. Well, no one's house is selling for what the tax value right. is. They're, it's selling for a lot more. Well, and yeah. regularly the Wake County tax records are, are wrong. We we used to use the Wake County tax records to get measurements for crawl spaces because you can you can Yeah, exactly. He's he, he knows what he's, he's talking about. He's on to you. Those are those are off uh, all the time. Yeah. So right. I, I don't put a lot of faith or trust into what the Wake County tax records say. Well, I also, guess I'm trying to make an issue out of uh, the way they come up with our taxes. <laughs> <laughs> right. We all, think we, we all think we pay too much. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. And, and you may see your values go up when they redo, um, you know, is it 2024 that they're going to do values again? Uh, it's either this year or next. Oh, right. my. So we're going to see. Well, I don't, I don't want to see my value go up. <laughs> None of us do. <laughs> right. You you are paying more taxes, but remember, on the flip side, your home is being valued at a higher price. So then when you do sell it or you're ready to sell it, um, yeah, then that is helpful. Yeah, hopefully you can it'll make be, that money back. It'll be the 12th of never before yeah. I sell. Uh, well, I'm Jim... I'm gonna have to pay all those taxes. Jim, I don't mind. I don't mind telling you that "Never Say Never" is the slogan of the program. We, you know, at some point, Jim, you might want to sell. Yeah, I agree, but I don't want to pay those high taxes. I understand. Okay, well, Jim, I well, appreciate it. I do. I listen to you every weekend. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. No, thank you, Jim. No matter who you, no matter who you have on there. Well, that's good. All right, thank you, Jim. All right, take okay. care. He's Bye. a. By the way, you know, there's the price of the home, there's the cost of the home, there's the dollar that you just paid for the home, there's the tax value. All these are in a mix together in the back of my brain, 
But in fact, really, the cost of your home or the, the value of your home is what you can sell it for yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, it's what somebody's right. willing to pay for it. What right. someone's willing to pay, yeah. exactly. Right. I'm going to pick up with William in just a moment. And our telephone number, 919-860-9783. I came this close to giving my cellular phone number on the radio. 919-860-9783. This is Making Your Home Great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Making Your Home Great. We are on with Tanya Wicker Hunt of Wicker Squared at Colwell Banker Howard Perry in Walston and Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. William in Raleigh has been holding on long enough. How you doing, William? Hello. Hey, what's going on? Okay. Uh, I I have a, a townhouse that's yes. located uh, in North Raleigh beside the horse, horse stable. Yes. And behind Ravenscroft School. Oh, I okay. know where you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, it's uh, 1,100 uh, square feet. It's got, it's uh, one story. It's got uh, two bedrooms and two bathrooms. And uh, I'm planning on moving out. I'm planning on moving out before I sell it. Yeah. Moving out and cleaning it up. Emptying it and then uh, sell it. And about the major, it just had a new roof put on. Yeah. And about the major uh, thing uh, it's going to need probably is a new deck. And uh, uh, it's been it's been appraised at around. I mean, not appraised, but people uh, say it's worth around twenty five thousand dollars. And uh, what I'd like to do is, uh, I'm going to put a zero. I, I will. I yeah. will. I'll pay you twenty five thousand for it right now. Yeah, thousand dollars. Two hundred fifty. Two hundred fifty. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Fine. All so, right. Uh, anyway, what I was interested in uh, getting uh, your uh, phone T- number and the name of your company, so what? when I get ready to sell it, I it'll print. It's oh, William. Sometime this year. William, we want to do that. Yeah, William, would love to help you. Um, you're in a great location. I mean, I know that location well. And two bedrooms, two bath, like one story. Um, townhome would be a great rental, be a great um, for someone that's just starting out, you know, that wants to downsize, doesn't yeah. want to deal with exterior maintenance. So um, you would, we would be able to sell that no problem. Okay. Yeah. William, William, do you have pencil and paper handy? Yes. This is the part of the show we do this anyway. So So go ahead, Tanya, tell us. It's Tanya Wicker Hunt, and my number is 919-368-3996. And we would love to come out with you. I know it's, you're saying sometime this year, but what's nice about having us come out early um, just to get an idea of where the pricing is now and then what things you can do to start working on to get it ready. So, you know, you're not saying, hey, I want to I want to get this listed tomorrow, but there's some things that need to fall into place to get it ready to to 
make sure that you get the most money in your pocket, you know, yep. with the least money out of pocket. So I don't, I don't have my sellers spend money unnecessarily, but I do advise them to do things that's going to benefit them cost-wise. It's a bonus. It's a one-story. I mean, there are oh, not yeah. there are not many one-story townhouses. And for anybody who's wanting to avoid a stairwell, I yeah. mean, though, I would assume great. those things yeah. sell pretty quickly. Okay. What is the? I've got the nine one nine three six eight. I missed the last it's four numbers. Three nine nine six. So nine one nine three six eight three nine nine six. And once again, it's Tanya Wicker Hunt. Right. All right, well, let's do this. This would be an easy thing. William, I'm putting you on hold, and I'm going to ask my fella uh, who picked up the phone to get your information because I'm going to give you the $25 gift certificate to High Park Bar and Grill, Whitaker Mill Road in Raleigh, prime rib, chicken, six Burg on Fridays, indoor and outdoor seating, the place for lunch and dinner. Yes, sir? Hang on. Look forward to talking to you, William. All right. Okay, Every now and then you hear from somebody who's got a property you think probably be all right. That is a good location. Yeah. It's an awesome location. Yeah. It, yeah. it really is. That'll sell pretty quickly. All right, William, call us back because he hung up right away or I hung up on him. I, I thought I hit the hold button. Uh, Tanya Wicker Hunt of Wicker Squared at Colwell Banker Howard Perry in Walston. Why you guys? Why Wicker Squared? Well, because Julie and I, so it's Julie Wicker Crisco and Tanya Wicker Hunt. Yep. We grew up together in Sanford, just 30 minutes south of Raleigh. Yeah. Um, We're cousins, like fourth fourth cousin, third cousin. Um, (laughs) Good for you that you don't know specifically. We don't because there's so many Wickers in that area, (laughs) Um, but we are related and we've been best friends for forever. I mean, we're very different personality-wise. You meet us, we're very different, but it we work with each other. Like she's my person. I'm her person. We have been for years. Yeah. Um, she started, I'd been in the business for a while, needed an admin and she was my admin, um, did a great job. We work the same, you know, yeah. um, just how our work ethic. And then she loved it so much. She's like, I want to get my license and she's done so well and just taken off. Um, and so we decided to team up together. Yeah. And actually, Julie's husband came up with a name. We were trying to think of something. Um, Wicker Squared. So. Well, you can work with family if they're third and fourth cousins. That's it right. Sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. First so, cousin's probably not a good idea. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, I don't know. You know, Rhonda's my first cousin. Um, is your oh, first that's cousin. right. Help me, Rhonda. Help and so. Me. Um, she's awesome. So I've I don't work directly with her, but she's right. definitely. Um, I refer her to a lot of my clients, and she has helped them. But how can you not love Rhonda? <laughs> no, yeah, there's there's not anybody who either isn't already related to Rhonda or wants to be, who goes to the, you know comes in on this show. It's that laugh that gets you. And she I tell you, wonderful. her daddy yeah. had a laugh like that, and her her <laughs> mom was like my favorite aunt. So, right. Tony, you're going to be back next week, right? Here. That's right. Making yes. your home and great. 